So it is May 25th, 2022, and we're going to lead this podcast off with Colin Kaepernick, unfortunately. Um, a very, very sad to let our listeners know that we are leading off this podcast with Colin Kaepernick, but unfortunately we are a NFL podcast and it's the biggest NFL news out there. Colin Kaepernick gets his first NFL action of any kind, and I'm talking about not even starting or anything, of any kind since 2016, six fucking years ago. Just think about what you guys were doing in 2016. (laughs) How different your life was in 2016. Six years is a long fucking time. Mark Davis has been oddly vocal about his insistence that Colin Kaepernick Kaepernick deserves a second chance. So here we go. Colin Kaepernick is getting a second chance. My question at for you 34, guys. 34. 34 years old. Yep. I mean, that's Kirk Cousins' prime, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, if you look at the Raiders' history, they have a, a really good history. The only thing they did, they've done right in their history is really embracing diversity and kind of being on the cutting edge as far as diversity. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people can acknowledge Colin Kaepernick got kind of a raw deal in the way he left the NFL. But at the same time, like we know that this is just, they're kicking the tires. This isn't going to go anywhere. There's, he was already a fringe uh, player at the time and, and six years of, of not playing at NFL speed. It's, it's not going to hold up. Yeah. And this is also the number one topic on May 25th. If this was happening on August 25th, I'm not even sure it gets on our outline. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it, it's sort of just the, the state of, uh, state of the NFL right now. I mean, OTA started, I mean, but you're right. I mean, it is kind of is what it is. Yeah. There's not much there. I mean, I'm, I'm who is the backup? I, I didn't look this up. Who's the, who's the number two in, uh, is it Nathan Peterman is number two in, in Oakland or Oakland, Las Vegas. Uh, that's actually a good question. It, it is Jarrett Stidham uh, right now, the backup, and then uh, Nick Mullins. Man, they have a whole multitude of mediocrity behind Derek Carr. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is interesting. Uh, this is Sports Cap Radio, by the way. Uh, I'm your host, Drew. Uh, we got on the show with us today, Derek and Brandon. Uh, it is May 25th, 2022, and for some reason we're talking about Colin Kaepernick. That just shows the desperation of NFL fans at this point. May, late May, early July, towards mid-July, into, into June. Um, it's, it's fucking, this is desperation time for NFL fans. This is when I'm like just craving any story. My favorite time about, or my favorite part about this time of year is the stories that come out from uh, team-based blogs. And they're just completely meaningless stories about players and and like OTAs. Like, what are OTAs really? They're really basic drills. Like, you're not going through meaningful reps or anything like that. Like, they're pretty much just getting guys in, getting them acclimated, uh, getting rookies in, getting them some reps. Um, it's the most How pointless. Good did thing. Helen Mond looking OTAs last That's year. Exactly what I'm going to bring up right now. <laughs> I saw I saw a Vikings puff piece on Kellen Mond, and it was just really really funny. It's if you ever just read an article, and it's in itself, it's six solid paragraphs. But really, after all those paragraphs are done, you realize that you actually read nothing at all. I read a puff piece on Kellen Mond the other day, and it was um, 
Vikings off Vikings uh Wade so Wade Phillips son is a, a coach for the Vikings and he says Kellen Mond looked good in OTAs and when you when and these are the type of articles that you see around this time and it's and, and of course me big dumb idiot I click articles like that this time of year because why not I'm fucking desperate for any NFL news and basically the story was Kellen Mond showing up to practice early doing all the things that you want to see out of a quarterback, really putting in time for drills, but nothing. <laughs> there's nothing about, like, that he doesn't suck anymore. You know, it's, it's basically funny. like... As, as soon as you said that he looked good in OTAs, like, I was going to make a joke, like, oh, so that just means he showed up yep. early with all his equipment. Yep, he, he, he was throwing dynamite passes against air. <laughs> well, we found out Tua can't do that. So, I mean... Um, at least that didn't happen. Um, so, so two two is hilarious. So they're, they're, uh, speaking of puff pieces, the Dolphins have been releasing some puff pieces on two. I'm glad you brought him up. Um, one of them was a pass to Tyree Kill, and this is like a week and a half old at this point, but might as well bring it up. And it was a grossly underthrown pass to Tyree Kill. He's standing. He stopped yep. running. Yep, he stood there. The fact that the Dolphins put that out on their Twitter and on their YouTube and all this shit, it's so bad. And so Tyreek Hill, I mean, what does he have to be mad about? He's got to be fucking happy. I mean, he's getting paid. Um, I think that's all that guy ever really wanted to do. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Um, he's he's pumping up to a, man, it's going to be a funny year. There's a lot of prove it. This is a real prove it year for a lot of quarterbacks. But we've seen Tyreek freak out on the sidelines. I think it's going to be messy. I I think, you know, four, six weeks into the year when Tua misses him a few times in the game, we're going to see a helmet slam. We're going to see finger pointing. I think it's going to get ugly on the sidelines in Miami, uh, mostly because of Tua. I mean, if he does that, he has no one to blame but himself. Like, when you sign in Miami, you know your quarterback can throw the ball 25 yards. Like, what are you expecting? Who had a better arm, Chad Pennington or Tua Tonga-Valoa? I mean, Chad Pennington, 100%. I, I'd give it to Chad Pennington all day. People forget how good Chad Pennington was the first few years. Yeah, but he, he was really good at 20 to 25 yards out. I mean, the dude couldn't throw the ball. But Chad Pennington, I still think, would have been a great quarterback had he not been injured. And he kind of came out of the shoots like rookie year, second year, third year. He was really fucking good. Um, let's not forget how good he was. Tua, not so much. Tua, the exact opposite. He came out of the shoots, and he's looked markably average so i i uh the tua thing is i i you know what's weird about tua i don't think i like him and i don't even know why i don't like him i i have no reason not to like the guy he seems like he's a nice dude but do you guys feel that way like i i, I think i hate tua and i don't even know why <laughs> i know what Derek's gonna say before he's gonna say it tell us why you don't like tua well i mean i think for most people it's it's the alabama thing it's you know the the, the kind of the perception of an easy ride and like fans wanting to bend over backwards to support a guy who like you just look at him and there's, there's nothing there i thought uh, you were personally i hate him because he's left-handed yes there it is <laughs> i knew it i, just, I think left-handed yeah. quarterbacks are just the worst man uh mike vick i mean that's, i hate everything that's, that's i hate about every, like, everything about them yeah steve young and mike vick like they get a pass i guess you know like hall of famers whatever but like it's it's I hate left handed quarterbacks. It just looks bad. I'm left handed too, and I, I just despise everything about it. Well, well, let me ask you about uh, Tua. So it is interesting. Like, do you think from Tua's perspective, he has one of the best receiving cores in the league? Mike Gesicki at tight end, 
Uh, his wide receiving core is all of a sudden just insane. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, like Jalen Waddle's a freak. He's a volume monster. He's a guy you can just absolutely fucking just chuck the rock to. And lest we forget, they also picked up Cedric Wilson, and I don't think Cedric Wilson is great, but he's he's a he's a really good slot receiver. Um, they have a really good wide receiving core. I think Mike Gesicki has been criminally criminally underutilized. He's he I think he's like a Travis Kelsey type player that could potentially break out if you use him in the right. He's just a, he's huge and he's fast and he's good. I, I don't understand why he hasn't been used better. I don't but, think it gets any better with with uh, Tua. But I, just, I don't think that those two skill sets work well together. From Tua's perspective, do you think he maybe didn't wish he had this wide receiving core, so he still had a built-in excuse? Because this is like this is put t- put up or shut up time. They rebuilt their yeah. line. They've put everything into this offense. This and team now- is stacked. Yeah, the the, the Dolphins is. are stacked. Yep, everywhere except for you could argue running back. I mean, so they remind me of the Browns. Right, I mean, with with Baker, you know, I mean, they're they're just so capped by their quarterback, um, and a re- like kind kind of Baker too. Like, why you? I mean, Baker does as a commercial thing, but like, there's no real reason to hate Baker. But I hate Baker because of the Cleveland thing. But like, again, him and Tua are probably great guys, but because of their lack of talent, I mean, they get bad raps. Holy shit! I'm looking at their running back core. <laughs> what a profoundly mediocre mediocre group of guys, but this might be the deepest running back core I've ever seen in my life. Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, and Salvin Ahmed. Salvin Ahmed is their fifth running back. That's a guy that guys that a lot of people were really bullish on coming out of the draft. That's, that's pretty fucking interesting. They're going to have to cut one of these guys. Who do you even cut in that situation? Like That is a weirdly deep but mediocre running back core. And they all kept signing there. Like Sony just signed like two weeks ago. I'm like, why would you choose to go there? Because like that's the that's the guy I would cut. I, I I don't think Sony Michelle does anything well. I don't either. If you can't do it in New England or uh, L.A., you're not doing it, right? I mean, th- those are two very run friendly teams. Two teams that know how to utilize running backs. So if he couldn't thrive in those two situations, now you did say it, the, the Dolphins do have a great line, but yeah, I guess Sony is the odd man out and then probably Ahmed on the practice squad. If, if, if I had to take three, two out of there to make it a three-back. Yeah, but if, if you're going to turn around and hand the ball off, would you rather hand it to Sony Michelle or Raheem Mostert? I, I, I got to agree with you, though, Derek. Uh, I, I definitely would cut Sony Michelle. It's so weird. Like, Sony Michelle, he looked like a really good pickup for the Rams. He was so average with the Rams. And then Cam Akers comes in historically fast, by the way, from an injury that nobody comes back that fast from and runs circles. Right? Like, it, it, it immediately it was Sony Michelle who, like, into the playoffs and everything, and Cam Akers picked off right where he left off. Um, yeah. What? What? what this this running back core though in its design it feels very much like 49ers and that makes sense with Mike McDaniel's being their their coach but uh yeah this this team it's it's stacked on offense so no excuses for for uh, Tua going forward yeah yeah no I completely agree but the Kaepernick- who do we think has a better record we've talked about the Raiders and the Dolphins who's better who 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 has more success as we sit here in May. I, I think Dolphins, just because of the division alone, I think they're, they're going to start at, at 
I think the Raiders start off in a bad spot just based on division. Like if if they scrape out two and four in that division, they probably feel good about that. Yeah, I think the Raiders are a better team, but yeah, I think the Dolphins probably end up having the better record. Yeah, I like the, Dolph- the Raiders. The Dolphins, I like the Raiders have a good team, but definitely take at least one, maybe both from the Jets. Probably lose both the Bills. Probably split with the Patriots. Yeah, they're they're in a better spot. It's interesting. I mean, Mike McDaniel's is such a he's such a toss up wild card head coach. Uh, he was the perfect hire for several reasons, um, but. Can the guy actually do anything? That it's it's really going to be a question mark. I I think the Dolphins could be really good, but again, it's their cap is Tua. Um, but I think Tua and and I think Tua's ceiling is probably what Derek Carr is now. Um, so I I don't know. We don't we still don't know if, what Tua could do with more support on offense. I think we already know exactly what we get out of Derek Carr. So I'd go Dolphins too. Yeah, we talked a lot about the Dolphins, uh, but the Colin Kaepernick thing, I mean, is is it this it's it just feels kind of like a PR stunt. I like almost like a, at the same time, I feel like last year uh, the Jaguars were working out Tim Tebow. And it just kind of feels like a way to get back into the news or, or whatever, but could he be a solid backup? Maybe. 34 years old. I mean, he's he probably doesn't have wheels anymore. Um you know, like he used to, but could he be a decent backup? I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. I think his mobility and, and the ability to just straight up run. I mean, that Packers game was insane. I think without his, who knows what his legs look like today, but without them, I don't think he can be very viable. I think that was such a huge component of what made him successful uh, for the period of time that he was successful in the NFL. And without that, I, I don't know. But again, I mean, Al Davis was, was definitely committed to, uh, diversity and, 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 you know, inclusion and all that. So I think that's just Mark Davis made a promise and he's actually feeling, you know, following through on it. Basically, you know, if Colin's willing to do it, we're willing to do it. Um, you know, you like to see people actually make good on their promises. I think we, you see a lot of pandering and, and, and empty commitments in the NFL. So it's, it's actually nice to see a team fall through, even if it doesn't turn into anything. Like Drew, you may end up deleting this, what I'm about to say, um, cause controversial i want to see him get a shot just so i can we can show that he's not an nfl quarterback i want him to get a camp invite i want him to play a uh, a preseason game or two i want to show that the game has passed him because he sat out for six years now should he i'm not going to talk about whether he should or should not have t- sat out six years but you can't just jump back in the nfl at 34 it's hard to play that nfl position at 24 um so i'm i'm hoping he the the workout turns into a training camp invite. I hope he gets to go through training camp. I hope he gets a preseason game or two so this situation can be done. Just like the Tebow thing. I was happy Tebow made it to training camp because he made it about a week and everyone's like, wow, this guy is not an NFL player. Um, and then he got cut. So um, I'm, I'm hoping this story plays out exactly how the Tebow thing um, played out last year. Yeah, see, I, to me that 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 mindset reminds me of like the Brady thing, and people are like, "Oh, he's leaving New England. We're gonna see if it was really Belichick or Brady." I'm like, "Are we?" Like the New England roster is not in a good spot. They barely have an NFL wide receiver core. Brady's fucking forty. Like, are we really gonna get our our you know conclusive evidence? Granted, Brady went and won a Super Bowl, uh, but with a stacked team as well. So it, you, you don't get that conclusive evidence. We don't know. To, nothing Colin Kaepernick does in 2022 indicates whether or not he was still an NFL level quarterback in 2016 because he was, he was still at, playing at a backup level. There's no way you can ever convince me. He wasn't good enough. He was better than Josh McCown. If you like, can't beat out Nathan Peterman, 
This is the guy that threw like six interceptions in a game. Um, that, that, that's who his competition is right now. So yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think that you know McDaniel's traded for Mullins, uh, Stidham. Like you know, he's going to be their backup number one um, for whatever reason. I don't know what he he thinks he's in, in Stidham. Nothing that anyone else in New England saw. So I think this is one of these rare circumstances where nobody wins. No, yeah. Nobody wins. If if Colin Kaepernick comes back. And I'm certain he's not going to be good, like straight up. He's 34. He's going to be on the. He's he's been out of the NFL for so long. Like, what's in his head? Like, what what does this guy have at all? But if he comes back and sucks, like you said, Brandon, I kind of wanted want him to come back and suck just so people shut up about him. But I don't think the Colin Kaepernick thing is like a fucking disease. We run an NFL memes pay, uh, group with 127,000 people on it. And the most toxic posts on there are Colin Kaepernick posts because it's a weird array of, like, pent-up racism and then also, like, just this weird hatred towards Kaepernick. But then there's also people like us who we actually agree that Colin Kaepernick should have gotten a shot back in 2016, but we're also realists in saying that six years later it's probably not going to work out. And in my opinion, he comes back and sucks. Nobody wins. Because yeah. pe- people are going to, the, the, the people on the other side of the aisle that just because he started picking his hair out and, and, and represented, you know, a cause that was a good cause um, that didn't want him to succeed back when he could have succeeded, they're going to point at us and say, see, you were wrong, and we're going ha- to have to be defensive. Like, there's no winner in this situation. He com- the, only, yeah. the only thing that could possibly come out of this that's good is that Colin Kaepernick comes back and he's a competent backup, which I just don't think it's in the cards anymore. And so I I, I hate the situation. I kind of hope he doesn't get a chance because it's one of these things where, but it is bizarre, right? Tim Tebow, on a very similar circumstance, came back last year, opted to play a position he's never played in his life, and the whole world rallied around him. Passes prime, Fucking who the fuck comes back and tries to get a, a second chance at the NFL at 34 at a different position? And I wonder, like, why are why were people so rallied around Tim Tebow and they're not around Colin Kaepernick? The whole thing is just it's no matter how you spell it out, it's toxic and it's weird. And I don't think, however this plays out, it's gonna nobody wins, <laughs> nobody fucking wins. Yeah, and it's the same situation. Like if if Tim Tebow gives up. You know when he when he when he's bouncing around teams after he's he's out of Denver and he's bouncing around teams. If he just gives up the idea of being a quarterback that day and tries to convert to another position that day, I still think he could have played four or five years at a different position. Absolutely. But then you know he goes away from the game and like you know, game speed is game speed. Once you once you lose it, I think it's really really hard to get back. Yeah. Do you guys remember Arthur Motes at all? Played for the yeah, Bills and then played for I the do. Steelers. He had a piece on uh, Colin Kaepernick and it was like, dude, it. It's tough to get hit after at the start of an off season. He's like, I can't um, like you lose, like you said, game shape, like to be out that long and get hit again is like 10 free trains. Remember how long it took one free train. You're getting hit by 10 free trains. Remember when, when you're you know a teenager and, and you could bounce back from anything. And you remember how long it took to get used to wearing a helmet again Yeah, from one season to the next. Like it was three days before like, the first day, constant headache. It, constant it headache. Like the first yeah. day, it legitimately hurt. Second day, it's like, okay, my head's so fucking heavy, and then you start to finally get into it. Now imagine, you know, you're staring down the gun at fucking 
you know, Fred Warner. Like, uh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Bosa, Bosa's <laughs> coming at you across the edge, and you're just, right. oh, God. Well, kind of, it kind of reminded me of this uh, upstart kickball team that I started, like, four years ago with a bunch of just scrappy dudes, and, and it was a co-ed league, and uh, brought in some pretty good athletes. Like, Marcus was on the team. Uh, Brandon Redshaw is actually a really good uh, athlete, surprisingly. Um, and so we had some good guys on there, but we're all, like, 31 years old. None of us have played kickball. Like how long until Marcus uh, injured a hamstring? Oh, dude, we all of us. So like first game, it was so fucking funny, dude. We're 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 watching the first game play out, and we're all dropping like flies. People are popping hamstrings, popping quads. I think I I don't remember who it was. Somebody popped a quad on the very first kick. Kicked it, got the first base, popped the quad, had to had to come out of the game. Yeah, I used to get Marcus to come out and play softball with me, and and without fail, pulled hamstring Dude, every single time he it, played. <laughs> he, he was a beast when he was in, but we were just all, the, the moral of the story is we were all just getting fucked up. And I know we're not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare myself to Colin Kaepernick, but we were 31 years old and we just hadn't played anything competitively in a little bit. And everybody's just dropping like flies. It, six years out of the NFL, get the fuck out of here. Three years is a lot. Three years is a long fucking time to be away from the NFL. Look at Tim Tebow. The videos of him trying to come back and practice, he looks so out of sorts playing playing baseball. Like, the speed of the NFL, it's something that you can't just walk away from for a long time and then come back casually and be good. You can't. It, it's never happened. Straight up. Yeah. You, you can't name a single person that's taken more than, let's say, two years. Three yeah. years? It, it yeah. just doesn't happen. Nope. Yeah. I mean, even like, you know, like Kurt Warner, like was still playing professional football. It wasn't the NFL, but it was still professional football. Like Kaepernick's been, I don't know, working out in shorts and t-shirt. Like it's it's just not the same. For sure. Yep. Uh, Did you guys see this uh, Twitter video Tom Brady posted today? The golf shot? So I saw the, yeah, I saw the the clip on Twitter. Yeah. uh, Good, good. If you're listening to us right now, go check it out. It's it's uh it's pretty fucking insane if it's real, but we all know with Tom Brady, it's probably not real. Uh, it is a drone that flies over Tom Brady's ball as he's hitting it, and it straight up follows the ball all the way until it goes in. Probably, I'm guessing like 160 yards out. I w- I would assume uh, that that's what it looks like based on the video. Um, so it holds it from 160 yards out. And in the whole the the actual Twitter post is this is why you film every single golf shot. Ninety percent chance this is complete bullshit. But it's I so so funny that he's posting this video. To me, the caption makes it feel less real. Just oh, yes. because oh, you're flying drone shots over every shot you take. Yep. Get the fuck out of here. Nope. Like maybe you're recording the T box and then the 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 celebration in the tee box is way too choreographed. Yeah, it's fake. Everybody you see saw how it, you, it at the You see how time. it speeds up? Like, it almost looks like one yeah. of these uh, UFO yeah. like, fake it's, it's videos. Yeah, it's like a, like a CG. Yeah. yeah. There's, no, this, there's, there's, this some, is, there's some production there. This is fake. But again, we talked about it last week. This is why Tom Brady is awesome. Yeah, right? social media, man. He's yeah, like so good th- at that, it. That, it's fake. Like the, the way the way it spins, like oh, not quite a one eighty, but I mean, if you watch the video, you know what I'm talking. about. You lose the ball for a second, and then it gets on the green, and it goes about ninety miles per hour. Yeah, um, that thing is fake AF, but and, it's and, amazing. I mean, it's, and then there's like there's six guys in the tee box golfing, and not one of them's like on their phone. 
or like, you know, fucking around with their clubs or anything. Like everybody's ready to cheer for him. <laughs> I, and there's, no there's so many people in the comments that are like debating whether or not it's real. And you, when you, when Tom Brady posts these type of things, you don't debate whether or not it's real. You just debate how incredible it is that he posted it. Cause it's hilarious. My favorite, my favorite tweet on it is my four year old was being noisy and watching my phone and saw that and screamed out, dude, that was amazing. Can you teach that to me when I'm bigger? I looked at him and I had to tell him, I'm not Tom Brady. I can't do that. Truly a sad day in my parenting journey. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> That's funny. That's it is. Tom Brady just trolls people. It's fucking amazing. Uh, they're doing the match. I don't even know when that is, but. That's going to be incredible. It's going to be probably stupid and almost unwatchable from a golf level. But uh, it's in case you don't know, it's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes. And fuck it, dude. I'll watch shit like that all the time during COVID. It's next Wednesday, bro. It's I, next Wednesday. I know. I'll watch, and, and this is definitely just a hype video to hype that whole thing up. But And that's why Tom Brady's so brilliant. If, if you book Tom Brady for anything, and this is why Fox is so confident in, in paying him $37 million a year, because not only do you get Tom Brady, you get his whole social media persona. So he's not just going to be commentating games for you. He's going to be having fucking lead-up posts that hype up the game that he's calling. It's... It, it, and even like banter retweets of other people on the on the on the network and yeah, oh shit! So they, they they took it from eighteen to twelve. That's very smart because eighteen holes of the match got a little long. Yes. Um. So they've dropped it down to twelve, which is brilliant. Um. Yeah. That's about how that, that's about where I start getting bored of golfing when I go that, that twelve to fourteen hole range. I'm like, all right, this is enough. <laughs> yeah, I've already lost ten balls at that point. I'm at, I'm out of balls, guys. I'll go no. see it. <laughs> I just watched the Tom Brady video again. Man, it is so fake. The The amount of time that he looks up in the air and people around him are just saying that, oh, it's in, that's in, that looks good. And then he starts celebrating. Man, that is that is so fake. But good on you, Tom. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking awesome. But uh, another thing from last weekend, the PGA Championship, our boy John Daly, uh, some, a bunch of people tweeted out, it's 2022, 56-year-old John Daly, for even a brief moment, was leading the PGA Championship, which is just re- insane. It's, it's, it's fucking hilarious with his plaid shorts, doing his thing, still smoking heaters on the course. Um, <laughs> how fucking awesome would it be to just chill with, with, with John Daly? Uh, he's, he's in my top 10 people I'd want to hang out with. Oh, yeah. Like, with, with, like without a doubt. We'll do it um, soon. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, he, he's an epic individual. He knows what he is too, despite kind of an interview he recently did with Ryan Burr. Like he's sponsored by Hooters, right? Like his son is his son is. Yeah. Oh, I thought they both were. They probably Um, are, (laughs) but like, I don't know. The guy's super self-aware and is just, is who he is unapologetically. Um, I, John, John Daly's a national treasure. He's absolutely a national treasure. I mean, when I'm he pretty was, sure he co-owns that company too that makes those pants. Oh, I think it's him and another guy. I think it's called Loudmouth. If, if memory is serving me here, yep. And yep. I think it's him and another guy that own it, and they make just like insane off-the-wall golf pants. Golf needs more guys like that. I don't think necessarily guys that are smoking cigarettes on the course because I think it's kind of a weird look. Um, but just guys that are just flashy, uh, I, I don't even remember who it was. It's a guy that died in a plane crash. I don't, I don't know if you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, 
oh, he 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 made famous the knicker pants uh, back when Tiger Woods Payne Stewart, was, Payne Stewart, yes, Payne Stewart. Um, golf needs more flashy guys like that, dudes that are just kind of you know about you know just kind of like flamboyant. Those are guys. Personality. That, it needs yeah, more personality. It needs more personality. And John so Daly. Do you know son, who the golf boys are? No, I don't. So it's 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 four. It's you'll know all well, you'll know most of these. It's uh, Bubba, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Bubba Watson, Ricky Fowler, Ben Crane, and Hunter Mahan, and they call themselves the golf boys. And and they they just do like ridiculous music videos and ridiculous Instagram posts and um, like parody boy band stuff. <laughs> cor- correct. Yes. And it's super funny. Uh, I don't know why it doesn't get kind of the, uh, doesn't get the, the notoriety or, or whatever. I think they probably have to be, I mean, I know Bubba Watson's not necessarily well liked uh, by everyone, but um, I, I feel like those guys, they probably just need to win a couple more tournaments. Yeah. But, but you're right. I mean, you're right, Drew. I mean, Justin Spieth or Jordan Spieth is pretty much a wet blanket. Justin Thomas is a wet blanket. John Rahm's a wet blanket. Um, Scheffler's a, a wet blanket. Um, they, they definitely need, I mean, God, uh, Rory and uh, Sergio seem like they hate themselves. Um, so you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm all for people having fun, whether that be the golf boys or John Daly. Well, the, um, so the, uh, yeah. So the, uh, the, the most exciting thing that's happened in golf in quite some time is DeChambeau and yeah. uh, Brooks Kepka's rivalry. Yeah. Um, that's That was crazy exciting. And then they both kind of got hurt and fucked up, especially uh, Kepka. Uh, but DeChambeau finished like 119th in the PGA Championship. Like he's fucking non-existent. Um, it's golf. Golf is in a bad way, and it was exciting that Tiger kind of came out uh, with the Fury in the Masters, but he did not play well. He made the cut in the PGA Championship, so you got to give him that, but he withdrew in the third round. So I think golf is is in a pretty bad spot. Uh, The one bright spot in golf, and this is pretty interesting, um, it's interesting. It's it's funny how we talk about guys that didn't even win, but Rory McIlroy is absolutely fucking smacking the ball. He's averaging like 340 yards a drive. And people are picking apart his his drive and his swing and saying like it might be one of the most... Rory McIlroy has always just had a butter swing. The dude is hitting just absolute fucking rockets right now. I watched the sports science on him. And basically part of like what makes him so crazy is just anatomical. Like his the way his his hips rotate and like other people's rotate and they basically fire once. His like fire recoil and fire again like he just gets so much torque and, and, and power out of his hips that like you can go it's train all, all you want but like his, his his muscles are literally configured differently than ours yes uh, that's funny. it was built to golf like it's it's pretty impressive but it's, Speaking of it's all in the hips um did you guys see well i know you guys did that the panthers went to a strip club yes the- what do we think of that? Luca was seen drinking before a game. The Panthers went to a strip club. Um, do we like this? Do we hate this? Does it have any impact? What What do you guys think of players enjoying themselves? Um, I think it puts you in a higher level of scrutiny. And if you perform like Luca, bullets right over, nobody cares. If you're in the middle of getting swept like the Panthers, it becomes a big deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean the the, the Panthers 
I mean, that that's an embarrassing series for what a lot of people were calling the best team in the NHL. I mean, the fucking Lightning just coming in there and just blasting. They blasted the fucking Panthers. I mean, it, it wasn't even close. There were a few games that came down to the last minute, like whatever. In the end, the Lightning just destroyed them. The fact that they went out the night before, weirdly enough, they did play their best game in the series, by the way, that that game four against the Lightning. By far their best game in the series. It's not even close. They they had like more than twice the shots on gold in the Lightning. But the good old Tampa Bay Lightning getting it done. But it is Tampa at the same time. World-renowned for our strip clubs. Mons Venus, uh, you know, if you're into that type of thing, uh, it, it is very famous for the strip clubs. But going out, so they had back-to-back games Sunday to Monday night. They lose on Sunday night, and then they go out to the Mons Venus that night, and then, like, what are you doing? Of course somebody's going to know who you are. It's fucking Tampa, the best hockey city in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, at one point, adults, you can have fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Derek hit it on the head. I mean, if you play well, nobody gives a shit. You get swept when you were the deciding favorite, not the, maybe not deciding favorite. Cause you know, the bolts are the reigning champs, reigning, reigning champs. Um, then, then yeah, it, it, it makes the headlines. But tell, um, tell me about this Luca thing. I didn't know about this. So yeah, he was seen out with his funny enough, the athletic trainer, uh, Bobin, who I can't say his name and him are just having like a pint. Like they're just like sitting out on a patio. The, yeah, it's like the they're like in a beer garden in Dallas, just drinking. Yeah, just hanging out. Like it, it was, it was like eight hours before the game when the photo was taken. It was like at twelve, like twelve seventeen in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just casually hanging out with with the you know with the backup center and the athletic trainer. Um, and then he went out and put up thirty seven points, like n- ten hours later. So. Uh, I love, I mean, Luca is just a G. I mean, he's, he's, he, he's up there with John Moran with like the next big thing in the NBA and they're both so marketable. Um, so I just found it kind of interesting within one week you have, you have two headlines. Um, and, and one was like, nobody really talked about. And the other one, you know, were just dragged. Um, so I, I just found that uh, I find that interesting. Well, the, the Dallas roster is so incredibly bad outside of Luka. It's so fucking yeah. bad. Like, I'm looking at this last game where they beat the Warriors. Dorian Finney-Smith, don't even know who that is. Not just straight up, I'm sure he's good. I'm not, if you're an NBA fan, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're calling me an idiot. That I don't know that. I have no idea who Dorian Finney-Smith is, the second highest point scorer in this last game. I have no idea who that guy is. Um, yeah. Luca is such a fucking G. This should be right now Phoenix versus Golden State. It'd probably be a way better series. It just speaks to how fucking awful Phoenix is. But you got to give it up to Luca, man. He just this is a LeBron level carrying your team to the conference finals. Uh, go have a beer, bro. Hey, he's from Europe. It's it. It's crazy. Like it, in my my company, like the 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 rules overseas. Like you can go to to lunch with my company according to our uh code of conduct and have like two or three beers and not even be reprimanded for it it's kind of fucking nuts i can't even imagine doing that but that's how europe rolls so I don't, I don't think that's crazy if he was having a beer now going and doing shots at a strip club i think it's a little different <laughs> yeah setting matters too <laughs> for sure 
Well, you want to keep it in hockey and, and, and talk about the Bolts three-peat watch? I'm sure you guys uh, are chomping at the bit. Um, what's it like there in the city? It's fun, man. Like, I, I honestly, this area supports hockey more than any other sport, like genuinely. Um, you'll you'll see, even when it comes to, like, advertisements and stuff on the road, billboards, all that stuff. And I just think that they've done a really good job to cultivate it kind of from the grassroots up um, and to include educating people. Um, because there's a lot of people who are new to the game in general down here, and, and you know, this is their first exposure to it. But it's 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 awesome, you know. Three P is it's pretty crazy, and and for me, I'm, I'm excited. Some vindication on the back of you know to what casual or not even say casual, but fans, some fans, bitter fans, um, Toronto Maple Leafs fans are saying are you know asterisk cups because of you know the the bubble despite the fact that players said it was probably the hardest one to win just because everybody's so focused on hockey, ultra focused. There was a lot of, you know, being away from your family, a lot of adversity that people don't have to normally go through uh, on a cup run um, that, you know, the different rules and then kind of the, the pressure of just what's going on in the world at large. So I, I got a question. Cause I, you guys yeah. know, um, sometimes I genuinely argue and sometimes I just troll, um, but you and Newman both said that in, in, in the chat. Um, but then the NBA, uh, the NBA, everyone's giving LeBron a hard time and saying that was an asterisk. That was easier because they didn't have to travel. They didn't have to truly go on the road. They didn't have away atmospheres. Um, how, how does, how was the NBA easier, but the NHL is harder? And I'm genuinely I mean, asking, I'm not trolling. One, I think the NBA is driven by an anti-LeBron bias in general. I think a lot of people just fucking hate LeBron. And two, I think that the conditions were way, way, way different. Um, there was multiple bubbles. There wasn't one bubble. There was two different bubbles and then condensed down to one bubble. Uh, the accommodations weren't great. Each team was like put up basically in their their own kind of dedicated hotel. Um, and and it, there weren't. I know the NBA bubble had like massage therapists and and they personal in, barbers. They brought and... in person, yeah, personal barbers, and they set up nightclubs, and it was it was definitely a more comfortable experience than like the NFL one was basically like you just played an away game for two months. So I I I, I straight up don't buy any of it. Um, the whole Mickey Mouse concept, like like what does that even mean for for the NBA for the NHL? Every player under that competitive environment is playing under the exact same circumstances. So unless there's some sort of competitive bias that I'm not aware of in these bubbles, I don't buy any of it. Like, it, yeah. like if, 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 if one team is getting some sort of advantage over another, okay. But if every team is playing under the same circumstances, I can't buy it. And, and I speak about Tampa sports having actively loathed Tampa sports for two and a half decades um, I lived in Tampa for the majority of my life. I fucking hate it here in terms of sports. The sports fans here are awful. Have you ever met a Bucks fan? Worst people on earth. Holy shit. Especially now in the Tom Brady era, there's never been a, a fad that has exposed how terrible a sports town is in the Tom Brady era. I, I live in downtown St. Petersburg, which is right across from Tampa. Uh, there's not even seven blocks from my house a Tom Brady mural that was that was put up not even two months after Tom Brady signed his free agent contract with the Bucks on the entire side of a building, having not even played a down of football. There's no 
Brad Johnson murals. There's no Simeon Rice murals. There's no Warren Sapp murals anywhere near me. Tom Brady comes in and he gets a mural and I laughed at the mural. Then they go and win a Super Bowl. And so all these NFL fans, uh, the Rays, I live fucking less than a mile away from Tropicana Field. Also awful. The Rays are consistently competitive and great and go to the World Series and are constantly competing despite they can't fucking fill 40% of their stadium. 90% of the time. It's embarrassing. Tampa sports fans are the fucking worst. I have a rare perspective of hating Tampa sports fans and being able to differentiate what a Tampa sports fan is in terms of football and baseball and hockey. It's night and day. There's no comparing what a Bucks fan is to a Lightning fan. There's no comparing what a Rays fan is to a Lightning fan. There's something different about what the Lightning have done in Tampa. The fact that they've instilled this feverish, crazy... ESPN, back in 2014, ranked the Tampa Bay Lightning as the number one franchise in all of sports. All of sports. Not just hockey. All of sports. And if you actually look at what they do and how this organization is run, how they develop through the draft, how they constantly exploit, you know, how people complain about the way that they manipulate the salary cap, whatever that means, it's all according to the rules. People complain about it. What the fuck are you complaining about? It's all according to the rules. What the Tampa Bay Lightning do, what their fans have become in the city, it is something special. The Tampa Bay Lightning fans, I, I get it. The Tampa Tampa Bay sports, it's pathetic in most aspects. Tampa Bay Lightning, they're incredible. And and the, the thing that I bring up all the time, Derek and Brandon, and it's, it's really interesting about this town, is I didn't used to be a hockey fan. You know who made me a huge hockey fan? My wife. And that's the craziest thing about hockey in this city is that I see women in, in the Tampa Bay area who have embraced hockey. For some reason, hockey just really gels with women. And I think that's fucking cool. Um, and they and like Jackie will sometimes explain a play to me that I didn't really understand. And, and they've really brought people in in that aspect. And it's, it's something different. The Tampa Bay Lightning fans, if, if you're listening to us from a different city and you don't believe that Tampa Bay Lightning fans exist, they do. They're some of the best fans in all of sports. Yeah, I, I was excited in this last cup run, um, obviously. I, so I've had season tickets for six, six years now, I think. Six or seven. And Great time uh, to buy. Last, Jesus. This last cup run was amazing because, you know, we obviously got to be in the building, unlike the, one, the year before. And it was fun to go with Elizabeth and, and kind of share that. And like when they won, you know, just seeing the look on her face, I'm like, that's it. Like that's that, that the look she had on her face is the look I had when I was, you know, 13 and they won and that's it. She's hooked. Like, yep. that's it. Like she's, she's in now. Um, it's, 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 it's just, yeah. Like you said, it's different here. Like Rays fans have a core base. It's okay. But a lot, you know, the, the position of the stadium sucks. Yeah, the lip the service. Bucks fans that, are the worst. I, I, the worst, I, the worst. I've turned my wife into a Vikings fan, you know, and she gets excited, <laughs> you know. She pays me lip service when I'm jumping up and fist bumping. Justin fucking Jefferson. I hate you fucking Kirk Cousins. She supports all those things. Um, but she's actually genuinely excited when the Lightning win. And yep. <laughs> she's, she's pumped when the Vikings win, but she's a converted Vikings fan. She's a genuine Lightning fan. They're great fans. Yeah. They really are. But it's, it's it's historic and it's crazy because and, and, and I, Derek, I think you'll agree with me. The difference between now and, and other years is 
this is the time where we weren't expected to to win. We were dogs in the Maple Leafs series, Vegas-wise. We were dogs in the Panthers series going into that series. It's fucking crazy, and I think it's a little bit more fun to watch us when we're when we're dogs. And what do you think is gonna gonna come out of the the Kane series? I mean, are, are we gonna be dogs in that one too? So I I yeah I think three years ago when we got swept by Columbus, we were you know the favorites. They won the Presidents Cup. You know, there's disappointment. Then the next year, I don't think they got their you know their their, their full credit just because of the outcome of the tournament and you know with it being in the COVID bubble. Heading into this year, it's the core guys are doing it. They're who's carrying carrying the team. They're gritty. They're playing hard. The fourth line's contributing. Corey Perry's found the fountain of youth. Um, it's it's really a fun team to watch. And I so the the other series obviously isn't decided yet. It's still uh, could be Rangers or Canes. I assume the Hurricanes are going to take care of business there. They have home ice advantage, and they don't seem they haven't lost at home yet. So I. I still like our matchup there because I think what like makes the Hurricanes good is the same thing that made the Panthers good is depth scoring. They run four lines. In the playoffs, you don't really want to run four lines. Like guys shorten their bench, they get down to three. We've been going eleven. We've been going eleven and seven uh, this entire time, so we're not even like playing a fourth line most nights just because of the injury to Braden Point. I, I just think our top end is is better than their top end, uh, and their depth kind of gets erased a little bit. I mean, Victor Hedman's going to skate thirty minutes a night, and Dude, de- I still think defenseman is the best defenseman de- in the league. Defensemen carry so much water. I mean, that during the Penguins Cup run, I mean, Latang was playing just as many minutes. I mean, if he was playing under thirty-five, it was only because of a blowout. I mean, he he, yeah. he was playing and, thirty-five to thirty-eight a night. And Rance is good, but he's not Vasilevsky. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. So, so between oh. McDonough, Headman, Vasilevsky on the back end. I mean, they gave up three goals in, in a, an entire series. Vassie's a force, man. I, I, you know, as a admitted not adamant Vikings or a hockey fan, I'm just a Lightning fan, and so I've learned about hockey through the Lightning. I've just seen uh, what teams can do, you know, like Vegas. Uh, Mo- I think Montreal did it last year, or who had Price last year? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really it's sure. Montreal, yeah. The, the yeah. difference that a, a great goalkeeper can make in hockey, it's it's very similar to what, you know, like a great quarterback can make. Uh, but Vassie, Jesus Christ, that guy just compl- has c- totally held us together. And it's, it's crazy how many times he flopped in the Maple Leaf series. That guy, he just loves his cats and playing fucking <laughs> badass hockey. I love how watching. Pe- how many people have he, has he murdered? Just like I mean, he's a serial killer. Several. I mean, several. Se- absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think goaltending is. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Goaltending is the, the great equalizer in the NHL. And if a goalie gets hot, I mean, a team can do anything. I think that's why the, the NHL playoffs is better than any other playoffs because that eight seed can beat that one seed, and it happens not infrequently. I mean. um, it was it was uh, L.A. the Kings. I think in 2014, barely made the playoffs and then won the cup. Yep. Yeah. M- Miller went on a run. The quick. goalie, there. Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick. So I was thinking Ryan Miller. No, nope, that um, was peak Jonathan Quick days. Yep. All right. Well, let's loop this background of the NFL. Uh, that's the longest we've talked about the NHL in a while. Um, let's loop <laughs> this background of the NFL and let's talk about John Gruden because he is officially suing the NFL. Um, which which of you guys know know the most about this that wants to lead us off here? Uh, so, I, I know before, the least, so I'm just going to okay. give my 30 seconds. Um, it, Gruden's winning so far. I mean, it's early, it's in the first quarter, but mm-hmm. uh, Gr- Gruden came out with a a touchdown on the opening drive. Nobody um, shits the bed in the fourth quarter like John Gruden. 
So, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's still early. It's still the NFL, early. But... The NFL moved to dismiss twice. It was denied twice. I, I think that's that's what today's uh, court hearing was, was basically their second attempt at dismissing it. Um, but it's moving forward. Essentially, the, the, the whole crux of the Gruden complaint is that his theory is the NFL maliciously launched a campaign leaking information to continue to increase pressure until Oakland had to fire him. Uh, and Oakland <laughs> seems to be backing John Gruden's, uh, you know, a, a version of the events. Publicly, the owner. Like, yeah, so it makes it seem like they also didn't want to fire them. So then if you look at this from the outside, it's, okay, coach got fired, team didn't want to fire them. Yep. Then obviously somebody intervened. Yep. Yeah, it's classic Mark Davis, just idiot. Um, I know he's friends with uh, with John Gruden. I actually I, I, I wrote a satire piece last year about how uh, uh, Mark Davis, after they beat the Chiefs last year, exercise, exercises claws uh, to snuggle with the coach after one game uh, throughout his tenure tenure. Um, they they had like a weird cringer relationship. They were sh- they were shown at a bunch of different you know sporting events in the Oakland area. Uh, they seem like they were kind of like buddies, and Mark Davis seems like a guy that doesn't have a lot of friends. Um, so uh, Mark Davis kind of cringily came out and supported Gruden. I mean, if you're any other owner and you have a coach that gets fired and he isn't going to get paid out the rest of his insane contract, Gruden's contract, 10 years, $100 million, Um you're probably taking the NFL's side in that case and saying, yeah, you know what? He was a fucking homophobe and he was a fucking racist or, or whatever and just so that you can recoup that money. But no, Mark Davis came out and defended his friend. I didn't want to fire him, and so now it's probably going to come back. Um, but maybe the NFL ends up paying this out. Like, so what? What is that? Is that you think that's what happens? Is the NFL will I, end up pay, paying out? Knowing the NFL, I think there's a zero percent chance they want this information getting out um, because we haven't. I don't think we've seen the court docs yet as far as you know no. the specifics of evidence. They're going to throw an NDA on this. They're going to throw him some money, and they're going to make it go away. There's no way. Settlement. They, the, the NFL doesn't like to battle things out in open court. Well, nope. Even look at even look at like the Flake Gate. Like the NFL got embarrassed in Deflate Gate. If you look at like the information that came out and, and the amount of like lack of evidence they had, and basically they they started off with a with a with a finding that they wanted to prove and then found the way to prove it. They get they don't like to fight things out in the court, and you don't want to pull back the veil on, on what the NFL does because it's it's shady and self serving. Well, and honestly, I think John Gruden wants to go away. I think he wants to go to like. Fucking Wherever some, that beach was in that Corona commercial. I, yeah. I think he just wants Belize, to go to the Maldives. I think he just wants to go to some state that'll embrace him. Let's say, I don't know, Oklahoma. He wants to go. <laughs> I think ultimately John Gruden wants to go to like a Oklahoma City, open a Dave and Busters with Deuce Gruden. He wants to co own a, a, a Dave and Busters in Oklahoma City with Deuce Gruden and just live out the rest of his days being cringy as fuck. He can easily move back to Florida and you know it. Oh and yeah, just do and just do exactly that here. Almost open up a strip club. Almost yeah, he can move back to Florida and almost develop like a Colin Kaepernick, like what could I have done <laughs> type persona, and just never come back and coach. I mean, because that's really what Tom Gruden should have done or John Gruden should have done is just never coached again because it was so obvious he was. Such a, he listen, guys, he won a Super Bowl and then never made the 
playoffs again with the Bucs. One of the greatest defenses of all time. Never made the playoffs again. And people still thought of him as a good coach. Like, how fucking dumb are you? And the best, like, the best part, too, is just how he left the NFL and got, you know, booted out of the NFL. Probably burned that bridge on working back at his cushy job at ESPN again. And just now, what does he do? It's so, so I'm I'm really looking forward to Hard Knocks this year, uh, as I as I am every year. And um, there were two Hard Knocks uh, series that r- were just really telling, and it was the Cleveland Browns with Hugh Jackson. I watched I watched that, and before that season even began, I go, oh man, this is gonna go fucking horribly. The Cleveland Browns are gonna be terrible. Hugh Jackson is a total fucking idiot, and this team is gonna go nowhere. And then, dude, the Oakland Raiders. Antonio Brown coming to Oakland Raiders, John Gruden's first year. Oh my God, beautiful television, beautiful fucking television. You, I, every single episode, you could just watch and be like, "Holy shit, this team's gonna suck balls." Their fucking best player just showed up to training camp in a fucking hot air balloon uh, with his feet frozen off. Um, this team is gonna be so fu- the way that John Gruden talks to people. Holy shit, what a what a Ego maniac. That guy. That guy's awful, and it's was it's it the, amazing it to the, me. The, was it the Browns one that had that uh, defensive or offensive line coach with the whole the, his whole gut would move when he said hike? Is that is that the one? I'm, I can't remember what team that was. Wait, say, say it, that again. It was a, it was a, either an offense or defensive line coach, and it was just like this big, over like yeah. big fat white dude with like the yeah it was a hard knock. He said, their mustache. He, he go, he go, he go, hike, hike, and his, hike, and his yeah. entire like John Daly beer gut would Dude, move. Brandon, do you remember that Browns coaching staff? Because it's an all time great coaching staff. Hugh Jackson was there. Was there? Uh, or what is it? It's Hugh Jackson, right? I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. huge action. Huge <laughs> action. Hugh Jackson was there. Was their head coach, offensive coordinator? Do you remember Lane Lane Kiffin? Oh, Lane no. fucking Kibben was their offensive oh, coordinator. Do you want do you want to guess who their defensive coordinator is? Because out of all I the guys I named, that. he's the most ridiculous. Greg Greg Williams. Best hard knocks of all time. That is the most defunct fucking weird coaching staff that's ever been. And oh who is it this year, by the way, for hard knocks? Oh, it's the Lions. Fuck yes. It is. It's the Lions. Beautiful. Oh, that's fighting kneecaps. That's so, must watch TV. <laughs> Drew, I know you watched it. Derek, did you watch Winning Time on HBO? Winning Time? No, I did not. No, it, it, phenenomenal. Um, so Rise good. of the Lakers. It, it was show. so good. But so you had mentioned something about uh, Gruden winning a championship and then never making the playoffs again. That's not too indifferent from what Paul Westhead did for the Lakers. He won an NBA championship in the first year and was coaching Loyola Marymount five years later. Like, he was so bad. Like, again, heralded one of the most craziest NBA historical seasons ever and then has ran out of the league in five years because he's fucking trash. So if you haven't watched Winning Time on HBO and you're a sports junkie, like, if you're listening to this, you probably are, go watch it. I mean, it's so much more than a sports show. I mean, it, it encapsulates the 70s and 80s. Yep. Um, I learned so much. Like, I found myself Googling stuff after every episode. It's Same. Like, was this real? Was this real? Um, but, yeah, just um, there's not a direct line of correlation between John Gruden and Paul Westhead, but uh, uh, it was just funny how they both won championships and then should have just rode off into the uh, 
<laughs> into the sunset. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, it that's, that's another one of those openings for that show that I never skipped. Uh, most openings nope. ha- I never skipped. It's so fucking great. You're, you're right. They, they encapsulated the time so fucking well. And the Lakers, it's funny because the Lakers players all hated it. And this is a little random tangent about winning time. Uh, Lakers fans loved it, by the way. Uh, it's it, it got rave reviews and it was it was a hugely popular show in terms of ratings. Uh, Lakers fans have come up and in, in, in resounding support of it. They're like, listen, maybe it portrayed a, a, a player unfairly here or there. That's the nature of fucking an HBO biopic. I mean, come on, right? Exactly. It's it's HBO. There's there's no rules. They're they're not going to go in there with kid gloves. Yep. You know. I mean, they they do take things a little dramatic sometimes. But, I mean, they're going to make it about as real, real as it gets. And, and that's why, I mean, man, HBO can't miss, dude. I, I'm so excited for the new Game of Thrones. I, I'm probably spinning off into a little bit of pop culture here. But it seems like every winter, spring, summer, there's an HBO show that is just dominating headlines. And, and Winning Time is, is the most recent. Um, the only thing I knew about Winning Time is it's the reason why Will Ferrell won't speak to Adam McKay. Yes. Do we want to touch on that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, so it's, he, I mean it's it's pretty simple, but yeah. He, he wanted to play uh um J- Jerry Buss. Yeah, Jerry Buss. Can you even picture him in that role? I can't no, at all. Not at all. It'd be horrible. No. At, at the same time though, if you would have told me, you know, four months ago, John C. Riley's gonna crush it, I'd be like, well, He did crush it though. Man, he yeah. crushed it. He's so I, know he, I mean he's a dramatic actor, like he's been in some dramatic roles and for a long time. You know, some, None. Well, that's how he broke into he he broke in in serious roles. Yes, Boogie um, Nights. Was, Boogie uh, Nights is one of the first roles I remember Boogie him Nights. in. He yeah. was uh, Amos in Chicago. Like, yeah, there was a few mm-hmm. not comedic roles. Several. Yeah, when he would just look into the camera and talk and break the fourth wall, dude, it just made me lose it. Like he, because he was so funny, and it would be in the most serious moments. Ah, oh, that that show, that that show is incredible. Really, so, really is. Um, speaking of NBA, though, I got another weird Newman segue here. Um, I guarantee neither one of you um, watched the NBA draft lottery, nope. uh, but both but both the NBA does a lottery uh, and the NHL does a lottery. Um, would you guys be in for an NFL lottery to help prevent tanking? One hundred percent. I think I think it should happen immediately. I, I don't know why it hasn't. I, I do too. I don't think unless I'm just not listening to the right shows or podcasts, I've never heard this topic talked about, and I can't believe this isn't more I of a thing. Don't think it's as much of a problem in the NFL as it is other sports. But with so, with, with the with the reports about the Dolphins, I mean, if, if there's any truth to this Brian Flores thing, where the Dolphins were straight up offering him a hundred thousand dollars for every loss that if he there's had, truth to that, sure, Hugh Jackson's already walked back. You know tie back to Hugh Jackson. He's already walked back his position uh, that because he, he was kind of like leaving it open, open for interpretation, like trying to, you know, infer that that's what happened. And, and it, he's already walked back. So that never happened. But no Brian Flores still, I think has yeah. not walked it back. I think right? he's the only, no, I think he's the only one still in on that one. I mean, I think it's, I think it's harder in NFL with, with, with the number of players to do it. I mean, in the NBA, you can easily just be like, oh, uh, we need to shut this person down for maintenance, and then your team can't win. Like, if, if, or, or, if, you just, if or you just chuck if, up a three, right? Like, you, you yeah. can make a three look like you were kind of doing it, right? Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or, or like MLB, you're like, oh, I'm just testing out these AAA players. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely easier to tank and get away with. In the NFL, if you take a playoff, you're going to get hurt, right? Like, you know, you're definitely risking it's, injury. It's hard in for – it's hard in – like for NHL, every other year, every third year, there's a definitive number one player, kind of a generation. Your Sidney Crosby's, your, your uh, McDavid's that come through, uh, your Connor Bedard's, those kind of guys. In, in NBA, I feel like most years there are. In the NFL, it's like – Team they need drives that number one pick so much. Uh, so even if there's a clear cut best player that he might not go till eight based on need. So I, as again, like I just I think there's other factors that make it hard. Um, I would just hate to be a fan of a, of a truly shitty team and then they end up with like the ninth overall pick. It's like awesome. We're not really getting much better. I mean, the Jaguars need an early pick. <laughs> yeah, but they also have an early pick every year and it isn't helping. Yeah, right, I mean that's so. that was Edmonton Oilers for a while. They had, they had the first overall pick like four out of five years or four years in a row, and I think only, they only nailed one of them. So, so yeah, I, I I'm not I don't I don't know where I land on this subject because I'm with Drew. Like I think I think it would it would be a spectacle. We talked about how the draft was such a big. Nobody watches the NBA draft lottery. Nobody watches the NHL draft lottery. I think the NFL draft lottery would smash. I think it would break records. Um, I just worry about the toxicity around it and the conspiracy theories around it because that is a huge that makes part. it good, right? That that makes that's is that does that make it good though? So if the Cowboys get it and they had a two percent chance and they get it, people are gonna lose their shit. It makes it good if you're uh, NFL podcast. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, here, here's my proposal. Um, so you you just towards the end of the year, what you have maybe six teams max that are that are kind of vying for for the playoffs how many teams make it in the nfl 14 so 14 yeah. minus 32 what 18. 18 18 leaving leaving out 18 so maybe think of a number statistically um of of the amount of teams that are still vying for the playoffs and then take the teams that are below that segment and make that the lottery. So not just every team that doesn't make the playoffs. Maybe you just maybe you just do like 12 teams. Just hypothetically, let's just say you take the, the worst 12 teams and all those teams are entered into a lottery, lottery system. Every other team, it just places exactly how their how their scores ranked out. Um and the logic behind that would be because those teams are p- potentially still vying for a playoff appearance and any team with any conscious is, is going to be working towards getting in the playoffs because the financial implica- implications are huge for that. Does that make any sense? Does that make any sense? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like instead of just making it a pure lottery, like every team that doesn't make it rather than entering all them into the playoff, maybe just taking a segment of them and, and, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting, though. And, and the way that you uh, kind of presented it with uh, it being just another thing that the NFL can do in the offseason, it's gold. The NFL loves fucking occupying the offseason, as we know. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, just, just thinking about this, March Madness typically dominates March. If the NFL made this in the middle of March, it would crush March Madness ratings. Agreed. Like it, it, I, I bet you would get double, if not triple, people watching a Thursday night 
NFL draft lottery compared to an N- or NCAA Thursday night of basketball. It wouldn't even be close. Sure. At all. Agreed. All right, guys, let's wrap this up uh, with uh, we, we've been doing fantasy every week. Last week, we touched on wide receivers. Let's close it down with running backs this this uh, this week. So I think it's a confusing time for NFL running backs in the NFL. There might be less premier running backs than at any time I, I think I can ever remember. Uh, surefire picks in the NFL dra- or in fantasy drafts this year. Who would you even name? Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, end of list? I think that might yeah. actually be end of list, straight up. I can't. Everyone else has question marks, right? Eckler, McCaffrey, Cook. Um, it gets dicey. It gets really dicey after that. Eckler at number three is pretty wild to me. I'm not going to lie. Um, so let's talk about this. Uh, so fantasy strategies. Brandon, me and you made it pretty far in our fantasy leagues last year playing the R- RB0 strategy last year. Um, yep. I don't think that's going to work this year because it's going to be hard to get your RB1. Uh, that strategy only works, the RB, RB0 strategy, um, if you can get, like, one good guy, which is what a lot of people do. They'll, they'll get one good running back, and then they'll just not draft a single other running back and then just try and load up towards depth towards the end. Yep. And this year... The way this draft is going to play out, it's going to be very confusing. Jonathan Taylor, probably number one, no doubt about it. Derrick Henry, number two. Where do you go from there, straight up, in terms of running backs? Like, like Austin Eckler, I, I, where are you confident drafting Austin Eckler? He is the number he's three. Not he's not going to repeat. I mean, it, his, no his touchdown performance wasn't quite at the extreme of James Conner, but Eckler cannot repeat that No way. Performance. I agree. It's, it's, it's impossible. So, like, um, he, he still offers a lot in PPR. I, I think he might be in possibly top five, top three most dynamic offenses in the entire year, which which you like out of a pass catcher. Um, so I think there's no way he gets out of the top five or top six. But, I mean, close your eyes and throw a dart at anyone three through six, and I you could make an argument for any of them. Yeah, I, so I I was looking at this two probably two weeks ago, and I I am ha- reversing a position I had not that long ago. Just you know, not to, to talk too much about our individual leagues. Are you uh, keeping here. Cook and letting go of Chase? I I've, I'm leaning so hard that way right now. You have to. You have to. Yeah, I'm leaning. I I, I started about two weeks ago. Wow. I started looking like dude, started doing my like preliminary research. I'm like, you have to. Fuck. Jamar Jamar Chase could easily be the best wide receiver in the league next year. Easily. Straight up, yeah, yeah, he could, but Dalvin, but the, I just think the, the running back scarcity, ugh. it's it's tough, man. Yeah, I, I'm leaning, I'm leaning pretty hard towards keep. keep Is both this the biggest? You guys know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I lean on the flair of dramatic a lot. I think this is the worst running back year that I could remember. It like, is. It's definitely up there. So I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna pick out some players on this list. So I named out 28. Um, I'm gonna name some players that I think are just landmines in this in this, and I fucking hate it because last week I detailed some sleepers, and we're all in the same league together, and it sucks that I have to talk to you guys about my own strategies. But I'm just gonna tell, I'm just gonna lay it out exactly as I see it. Christian McCaffrey at number four is insanity to me. 
Um, it's yep. it's so wild. Uh, no matter what you think about Dalvin Cook, if you think he's injury prone, he hasn't missed more than three games for the last four seasons. Um, Dalvin Cook being behind Christian McCaffrey is mind-blowing to me. Dalvin Cook being behind Austin Eckler is also kind of mind-blowing to me if you look at the type of offense that the Vikings are going to be moving to. Uh, but there's some other landmines on this list. Mixon over Harris? No fucking way am I taking nope. Mixon over Harris. No way. Um, I, I think that's an automatic. I, I don't even care that you know Harris isn't necessarily a great receiving back, even though I've seen him make phenomenal receiving plays. Usage. Harris' usage is going to my, be my three through five is Chubb, Harris, and Cook, and I'm not super confident in the order. I just know that's my three through five. Yeah, I like Harris more than Chubb. I, 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 I straight up can't fault you for that. But just some of these guys that I see in this list, are they're, they're kind of mind-blowing to me. Um, I can't take Mixon over Harris. I can't take Mixon over Chubb. I'm just going to tell you straight up, I can't take Mixon over Kamara. I mean, I I, I can't. I, I don't Mi- like Kamara that much this year, and I still can't take Mixon over him. I'm with you there. Exactly. I- Mouth to feed in Cincy. I mean, I, that's why I would take Kamara, right? I think Kamara is going to be a usage and, and touchdown guy. Yeah. Um. I, I think I think uh, Cincy kind of showed their hand. They like throwing in the red zone. They're, right. They're, they're 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 very rarely going to. So unless Mixon breaks that. 8, 10, 15-yard run, they're running a rub route. They're running a fade. They're running something to a wide receiver. And they're going to score from outside of the red zone a lot. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. That's just how they want to play that offense. Yeah. But I, I've, I haven't made quite a 180 on Mixon. I, at this time last year, I was ripping Mixon. He, he had a heck of a year. But you're right. I mean, I think he's fringe top 10. Um, I see yeah. two massive landmines in the top 15. And I hate them both for the same reason. Aaron Jones and Javante Williams, just because I don't trust their goal line usage. I mean, what are they going to do? Yep. If, you know, from, from between the twenties, yeah, great. They're probably going to be the the primary source. But you get down on that goal line, I think AJ Dillon's a better running back than Aaron Jones, uh, just straight up, like all all together. And regardless of what Javante Williams does, like Melvin Gordon doesn't get the goal line carries. He's one of the most proficient goal line running backs in the history of the NFL. Mm. For whatever, you know, you can say what you want about him. He's not flashy. He's one of those guys that puts up points kind of contrary to what you see in the eye test because he just gets in the end zone a lot. Well, you want to talk about landmines in the top 15. I'm going <laughs> to give you the biggest, the biggest landmine in the top 15 this year is yep. James Conner. Yep. There's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he rushed for 3.7 yards of carry last year for 752 yards. Yeah. What are people seeing from this guy that I'm not? And it wasn't he like he can't catch the ball either. Yeah, he, at all. It's not like he blew out his receiving stats. 37 catches for 375 yards, 15 touchdowns. Insane. Adrian Peterson like numbers, completely unsustainable. It's it's insane that he even got that amount of yards, especially when you got a guy like Kyler Murray who's going to steal so many of those fucking touchdowns. Um James Conner not only do I say fade him, I I would fade him so far. I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott, who's currently ranked at 18th over, over him. I'm taking David Montgomery at 17 over him. I'm definitely taking Cam Akers at 16. I'm definitely I was taking Cam Akers. Cam Akers should be in the top 10. Like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck he's doing at 16. I just like, that's, don't. That's weird to me. I, I, I believe in the Saquon uh, bounce back. I really do. 
I mean, I'm an idiot for it, probably, but I still believe in it. And even, I mean, do ACLs scare you guys anymore? Like, what, yeah. what is Travis NTN doing that low? Like, ACLs don't scare me. James Robinson. Is yeah, what James Robinson is what's holding down at PPR though. You don't like it. You don't like NTN and PPR. I, I love them. I mean, I, I yeah, love. I hate, I, that, I, I hate that team. It's <laughs> the yeah. Jaguars, man. I mean, come on. I'm with you, but they're gonna be a lot of garbage time, and and you know, what's what's better than that garbage time little you know flare to the running back for 18 yards? I mean, Travis Etienne uh, had like three times as many touch uh, college touchdowns as Tim Boyle. I'm just saying, Travis Etienne, he averaged like 22 touchdowns a year in college. It's fucking insane. The guy was a touchdown monster. Travis Etienne's a monster. He really is. Like, the guy's an absolute monster. Asking for absolutely no reason. Do we like Lenny at 12? What are our uh, thoughts on? Because talk about a guy that, can he do what he did last year? So I don't I think so. Don't I don't hate Lenny it. At but Lenny, I don't mind Lenny at twelve. Lenny at twelve is a bad. He's a pass. He's a bad pass catcher, but by volume and just sheer force, he's going to catch a good amount of footballs. I like him at twelve. I just like everything from three to like eighteen to just kind of like title pool swirl around him. I think the order is absolute shit, and I think he's just like you. You know, you watch that movie when people are going down the river, like looking for anything they can grab onto. Like I think Leonard Fournette's the rock in the middle of the of the river there. Everything's swirling around him, but he's not going anywhere. Like I like, I like him at 12. Well, what do we know oh, about Tom Brady? When he likes a guy, he's going to make him succeed. And he loves period. Lenny for some reason, for some reason he likes Lenny. He's such a flawed back. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I like Derek said, I hate bringing up our, our fan, fantasy teams, but I mean, if you have him at 12, that means he's an RB one, right? Most, most leagues are a 12 team league. If he's at 12 and I think we all like him at least in that range, give or take that makes him an RB one. And you just said that cam Akers should be in the top 10. Yeah, I think you're right, Drew. I will not be doing RB zero this year. If I can keep <laughs> two uh, RB ones uh, and give up a fifth and a 11 for it. I think that's a win. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Lenny, if, if Lenny didn't get hurt last year, he's the top three running back in the league. There's no doubt about it. Uh, probably the number one. I mean, straight up, he was running away with it. It, it, it. Lest we forget, Lenny Fournette was dominating the fucking league. If you had Lenny Fournette or Cooper Cup in your league last year, I had both, um, mm. you were dominating your league last year. Uh, that's the tough thing about, with, with you know, talk about the Tom Brady factor with Leonard Fournette, too. Leonard, Tom Brady is the only, like, elite MVP quarterback who likes to check into run plays when they make sense. Yep. He's not, like, Aaron Rodgers wants it all on his shoulders. He wants to make the throw. Tom Brady's like, oh, empty box, you're going to give me six yards for free on the ground, and he'll fucking take it every single time. Like, Fournette is going to eat. For sure. Yes. And they get rid of Ronald Jones. So, I mean, the, the Bucks don't really have a lot behind Lenny. It, it, honestly... Lenny's value could be better than ever. My thing is, I just doubt his talent. I don't think he's that good. Same. And so that I, I just worry about how much how much rubber is left in the tires. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's the same concern with James Conner, but I think Lenny Fournette is is better than James Conner. So like it's 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 I usage. I mean, Leonard Fournette was a five star. For sure. I don't know if he was the number one running back in his class, but he was like top three or oh, top five. I mean, just by pedigree. Oh, he's number Leonard one. Fournette. Number one coming out of high school, number one drafted in the NFL. I mean, pedigree wise, he's 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 all there. He's he's, he's everything. He's one of the great, of he's one of the greatest Gibson. college running backs of all time, straight up. Lenny Fournette, one of the greatest college running backs of all time. 
you guys like Gibson or Swift more? That, that, that was mad. a guy. Pretty mad that you brought that up, to be honest. I was hoping to keep that one not discussed in the pod, but uh, <laughs> I like Antonio Gibson a lot. For up for upside, I'm taking DeAndre Swift all day long. Uh, the problem with Swift is he's had injury issues, um, but I, I, dude, the 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 Lions often the line is getting so fucking good. Uh, DeAndre Swift when he's on the field is so fucking talented. The problem is he gets hurt a lot. Uh, but guess what? Antonio Gibson does too. Uh, he has injury issues as well. So when I compare the two players, compare the two systems, I go Swift personally. For yeah, sure. I think they're the same player. I mean, I, I think that for me on my board, they're going to be right next to each other. Um, I I would take Swift simply because I think that's the Lions' really only way to win. Um, I think he's going to get a little bit more usage than Gibson is, but I think their strengths are the same. Their weaknesses are the same. I just kind of like the Lions' offense to cater around a running back, and I like the Lions' offensive line more. Um, but, yeah, th- those are two guys that I think I'm going to go back and forth on all summer um, on my board. How surprised sure. Cream going to make the top 28? Who do you put him ahead of? CEH? Um, I hate CEH. I Robbins? Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm Elijah Mitchell. Like there's a there's a couple guys I'm not I'm Josh Jacobs. I'm not a Josh Jacobs guy at all. So what, like I don't know. Let me tell you about JK Dobbins. I was his biggest hater last year and I look pretty good. I mean it's 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 kind of a cheat code if a guy gets hurt. But I was so down on JK Dobbins last year. I fucking hated him in college. Every single one of uh um uh Micah Parsons highlight reel plays against Ohio State, he's fucking just demolishing J.K. Dobbins. Uh, not a huge J.K. Dobbins fan. However, at 23, without a lot of competition, what, Gus Edwards, is he is he going to compete for, for carries in that offense? At 23, I think J.K. Dobbins is actually kind of a steal, especially if you look at the guys that are around him, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris. I think J.K. Dobbins might actually be undervalued this year. Um, so the one thing I, I worry about with him is the soft tissue stuff, the hangover yes. from a knee injury, mm-hmm. soft tissue. For sure. Um, I love RB one for the for the Ravens. I don't really care who it is. Like I, I don't care about their their even their skill. I don't care about talent. RB one for the Ra- the Ravens. I like gonna get tons of touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, they were grabbing guys. Just off the scrap heap last Le'Veon year. Le'Veon Bell, yes, played a, had a few touchdowns. Yep. Le'Veon Bell. Yep. yep. That that organization is so great that when Le'Veon Bell left it, he didn't shit all over them on Twitter. <laughs> it's pretty weird. He said nothing but great things about the Ravens organization when he left. He he fucking shit on the Jets. He shit on the Steelers. He shit on every organization he's ever touched. But for some reason, he talked really good about the Ravens. The last guy I want to bring up, and you know, he's RB twenty something. Dude, what happened to Miles Sanders? Two years ago, I mean, this guy was just a monster, and now who was that one rookie you had? I mean, he last year drew on your team. He was getting Kenneth something or other. He was getting more run than Miles Sanders. I mean, Miles Sanders is irrelevant. I can't even believe he made a top thirty. That's a guy that I I wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole. I mean, you, Brandon. Derek, all of us tied with Miles Sanders last year for touchdowns. 
And that's why Miles Sanders fucking sucks. Zero rushing and zero receiving touchdowns. What? He wasn't even like he got he was hurt for a few games, but he played the majority of the season. Zero touchdowns, rushing and receiving. That's fucking pathetic. That speaks to a system that does not compliment him well. I think he's actually really fucking talented. He averaged 5.5 yards a carry last year. That's elite. That's not just good, that's fucking elite. But they have Jalen Hurts. So that's the problem. And and the, the Ravens are kind of a different organization where they find ways to get their running backs touchdowns. What is going on with Miles Sanders? Zero touchdowns running running and receiving? That's that's insane. It doesn't make sense. Nothing's changed. No, I mean, it's going to be the exact same this year. No, it seems like the Eagles, when they get down around the goal line, want to they want, they take the running back off the field. They want to go five wide and 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 you know create space for Hertz to either run or make the passing lanes you know really visible. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, it, I, he's super talented, but the guy gets hurt every year. Doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. I get why he's being faded for sure. All right, guys. Miles Sanders, uh, J.K. Dobbins trade. Yeah. And just watch Miles Sanders eat in Baltimore. He could, dude. He, he definitely could. I mean, I think he could probably eat most places, to be honest. Yep. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. Any closing thoughts, fellas? NFL, get here soon. And also, Drew, this could be a very big weekend for you, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. Yes. I'm happy for you. Having a baby this weekend. Um kind of experiencing a moral dilemma to be honest about having a kid is it morally uh unacceptable to make my child a vikings fan i've been thinking about that a a lot um all all the misery that i've experienced how fucked up is it that i have a kid with my same genes and then i pass on hey i've been miserable for the last 34 years now you are too. It's kind of fucked up, isn't it? But I mean, one day it could pay off. Maybe. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Minnesota sports, everything they do, just awful. Um, my my one sign off is I do think a guy, a uh, sleeper that not a lot of people are talking about, David Montgomery. Listen, the Bears. Just in terms of usage, they might have the they have they're probably the worst team in the league. Straight up, the, the the Chicago Bears might be the worst NFL team in the league. The only bright spot on their entire offense is Justin Fields and David Montgomery. I think just out of pure usage, if that guy doesn't get hurt, he's gonna be a fucking monster. He's a potential top ten play who's being drafted at number seventeen. Anything else, guys? That is it for me, man. All right, fellas, thank you so much for joining us. Have a good night.